Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, hello everybody and welcome to Not Just Blowing Smoke, coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Londonderry, New Hampshire. If you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube Live, make sure you hit that uh, subscribe button. If you're listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, or Google, or wherever else you found us, make sure you hit that subscribe button where you're at so that you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padrone. I'm here with my co-hosts, Pat and Dave. Um, Bree is coming. She's going to join us in just a second. She's bringing our cocktails, which is a little bit of a to-do tonight. <clears throat> Here they come now. And uh, we're continuing our discussion of uh, the top cigars of 2022. And um, we're going to be enjoying this special baby while we do that. This is the Twins 25th anniversary cigar from Christoph. It is a the it is a box press figurato of their San Andreas blend. Um, gold bands and a golden black twins 25th anniversary secondary band on the cigar um this is my fourth or fifth uh cigar and it is really really good um we got uh 300 boxes of these ordered and uh they're 12 dollars a piece uh the box is 109.99 and um they're around as long as supplies last we may ask for more, but there are a number of companies that are making us 25th anniversary cigars. We've been uh, on the map here at Twins for 25 years, and um, this is the first one to come through, though, and it is a big winner. You can just put those down there. Thanks. Um, very nice. Very earthy. Very, um... Are you coming in? Right here, huh? Here we go. There's Bree. And now we are four. Yeah. Very earthy, lots of nice dark chocolate flavors, dark cocoa flavors, a little bit of espresso, I think, in there. There's some nice pepper in the retrohale. It's a very smooth cigar, very consistent cigar. Dave, what are your impressions so far of the uh, 25th anniversary? Um, it's just a pair of what you said. It's very smooth. You get a lot of um, cocoa notes with it. A lot of, I get a little bit of espresso. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of, uh, a little sweetness too. But the, uh, I feel like this is, uh, it feels a little bit stronger than their regular San Andreas. Um. Uh, than the Toro that we had with the TAA or the mm-hmm. Robusto. 
Um, it's my favorite of the San Andreas that they have. Pat, what about yourself? <clears throat> yeah, it's good medium-bodied smoke. Um, it has like that kind of dry, creamy texture to it. Um, you know, like a nice dark oak wood. It's really rich. You know, the espresso notes are there. Some, you know, kind of unsweetened cocoa. But then there's like a sweetness that kind of lingers on your palate through the finish. Like it's not like the sweetness isn't prevalent like on the palate, like on the initial draw. But then as like the smoke kind of settles on your palate, it kind of develops like a nice kind of rich dark sweetness. Mm -hmm. What about you, Bree? What are you picking up off of that bad boy? So, um, I just lit it up, but I had a few puffs off of yours earlier when mm -hmm. we were deciding on the drink. Uh, you were, you were mm -hmm. about like an inch into it. Um, and I was getting like um, a little bit of a cocoa note. I was getting a little bit of the espresso. Um, and I think I was expecting there to be a little bit of spice um, mm -hmm. just because of my past experiences with Kristoff. Um, and so that's what kind of led us to today's um, cocktail decision. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? We've got two drinks apiece here. What's, yes. What's going on? So it is complicated. Um, <laughs> so initially, um, like the recipe itself is two ounces of our 724 barrel select Old Forester. Um, it has a little bit of brown sugar simple syrup, um, about half an ounce of Amaro Nanino, which is almost like a, a bitter type um almost vermouth-esque cordial mm -hmm. um and then it has three quarter ounce of chili pepper liqueur mm. entrees and then it also has about two ounces of cold brew um so i put a sidecar of the cold brew um we, we rim the glass with some um chocolate and um ground coffee mm. um but yeah i just i just kind of i think was looking for a little bit more of the coffee note so I, I was kind of curious to see everyone's take on it um depending on the ratios it can either be sweeter or more coffee forward right, and right. um you get the bourbon of course because old forester tends to be a little bit higher proof right um so yeah i figure we'll experiment with the cocktail as is and then if need be you know throw in either an, a chaser or a splash of the um cold brew and this mm -hmm. is um nitro cold brew from our new machine Yes. That's in the cocktail. And then we just did a flat pour cold brew for the sidecar. Nice. Right. So, has anyone actually tried the cocktail yet? Mm -mm. I'm pulling up some stuff that I want to have here on the show. Uh, let's see. There's that. Mm. And... Interesting. Hmm. Yes. It looks like Dave's ready to go. So. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to go, Pat. Um. Yeah, the cocktail has kind of like the the old like the sweet woodiness of the old Forester definitely comes out, but then obviously the coffee, and then chocolate sweetness because I sipped the side that had the um chocolate rim to it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, with the cigar. Mm. It actually kind of brings the spice out a little bit more on the retro for me. Mm. And, um, it makes it more like that sweetness develops earlier on the palate than late to the finish. And then the, um, kind of that oak wood note that I referenced earlier is what is lingering on the finish. So it's more of, like, that darker, kind of, like, woodier aspects that linger. And it kind of, it's more of, like, a medium plus finish, too. It, it lingers a little bit longer. Hmm. What do you think, Bree? You made this up kind of on the spot. 
Yeah. Um. So. I guess it's um also a, a consistency thing. Um, the first one I made for you, I think, was slightly more bourbon forward. Mm -hmm. You got you really really got that um old forester off the bat. You got and you funny, really really got you yeah. really 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 got. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, funny story when I was making this batch, uh, mm -hmm. I put everything in except for the bourbon and then last minute i was like oh, i forgot to add the bourbon <laughs> so i had to remix it go back um but yeah so it should still have that that two ounces of bourbon but there might be a little more cold brew added to the actual cocktail um okay. than the one that you initially tried so the All bourbon right. may not be as forward mm -hmm. um so I'm, I'm glad to hear from pat that he was still able to get some of the woody sweetness from the old forester yeah, yeah it's like a it's like still get that. It's like a perfect blend of woody sweetness and coffee notes. It's mm -hmm. like half and half. I was concerned when I first sipped it that it was going to be too sweet for the cigar, but the more I smoked the cigar and sipped the cocktail, the more I thought it was a a really good pairing. You know, it really seemed to uh, match the flavors of the cigar really well. It was very refreshing to have the a sip of the cocktail and then very refreshing to pull on the cigar and then very refreshing to sip on the cocktail it was very good <laughs> it didn't last all that long they are and very I refer similar to the cocktail of course i feel like when you take the the pull of the cigar you get like a little bit of sweetness and then that creamy um woody and, and like espresso notes mm. and it's like with the drink you get the the sweetness the sweet wood and then you taste the the um oh geez i can't even think right now why is that dave the uh the coffee notes yeah i like the sweet wood and then the coffee notes and then a little bit of the brown sugar mm -hmm. so last week on the show we had said that this week we were going to announce the winners of our categories of uh, our top cigars. We for, lied. Well, s stuff came up. <laughs> and basically, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame it on Pat, <laughs> but it was a great idea, and uh, you know it was and it was something that uh, I thought was definitely worth going with, you know, uh, and something that's going on at twins between now and the 10th next week is we have packs um that have four of the customer favorites of 2022 in the pack and pat do you want to talk about those and how that works and how, how your idea came about yeah so i mean last week on on the show we we have um different categories we made so we have you know the the best blend the best line extension um those two other ones right yep there was best value cigar and best limited edition yep so and, and that was really based on our subjective palettes so i know a lot of different shops and a lot of other publishments have kind of a <laughs> publishments <laughs> yeah more of like an objective opinion you know based on obviously the publishments are most subjective but then shops you can argue they're subjective as well but they're supposed to be objective based on performance in the humidor both from staffs palettes and consumers mm -hmm. 
So I wanted to make a pack that, you know, took four cigars based on sales and throughout the performance throughout the entire year. Mm -hmm. All the cigars in the pack are cigars that have been in the humidor for the entirety of the year. Um, a couple came out for fourth quarter last year, but then, you know, in the humidor, we got them in like early January last year. So I wanted to, and I took the bands off of them because, you know, if you knew what the cigars were, there could be some bias. So I want to just eliminate as much bias as I can. And honestly, at first I thought it would be pretty obvious what the cigars were. But then after hearing feedback from people, what they're guessing they are, it's like no one's been even close to what any of the cigars actually are in the pack. <laughs> so, and they're really, really good cigars. I mean, if you bought all, all four of them separately, it'd be around $60 with selling it for thirty nine ninety nine. So, you know, and they're all really good cigars. Again, like we chose them based yeah. off of performance in the humidor. So like any one of them is, is going to be a really good one. I'd be happy to smoke anything in that pack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So inside of the pack, um, we have score sheets one through four. So it resembles the numbered band on the cigar. And then you just rate it one through 10. And then you turn it into a tobacconist here before... I'd say 5 p.m. is pretty reasonable on Tuesday of yeah. the 10th. And then we're going to tally everything up, and then we're going to announce the winner on the show, and then we're going to disclose what the cigars were during the show. So, Yeah, and we wanted to have some extra time to do that. If you're uh, giving people four cigars to smoke, giving them a couple of days is not really long enough, so we pushed things off for a little bit. That said... You know, last year we announced our uh, um, Cigar of the Year the second week in January as well. So there's some kind of precedent also for putting it off that far. But um, one of the things, uh, some other stuff going on here at Twins, I guess, before I go on. Um, January 14th is uh, our next Pipe Club. It's going to be very laid back. Um, you can come between 12 and 4 p.m., to the mm. London Dairy Store. Uh, we're going to have different tobaccos for you to try. Um, we're just coming off of our major Savinelli event, so here's a chance to bring your uh, latest acquisitions, sit and smoke some of the new stuff that's coming to the shop. We have recently gotten back in uh, Samuel Gawith, which we haven't been able to get because of distributor issues for uh, almost a couple of years. So we'll be looking at some of those tobaccos, and um, it should be it should be a really good time. Um, and then, do you mean SBC? No, I mean. Thought we always had Gawith. Not Samuel Gawith. Okay. Gawith Hogarth, yes, but not Samuel Gawith. Okay. <clears throat> My bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, then on January twenty sixth and twenty seventh. We have some events coming up with featuring blackened cigars. Do you want to talk about that, Pat, as the resident Drew Estate guru? Yeah, so uh, Drew Estate released their... Oh, Drew Estate! Oh. They, they did their Freestyle Live pack. It was the fourth one that they've done, and the mystery cigar was the Drew Estate blackened, so... That's a, a collaboration with um, Metallica and the Black Inn Whiskey, which I think recently got put into New Hampshire. It's, it's been out for like a year, but I, I think New yeah, Hampshire. Yeah, it's, it's on the shelf in New, New Hampshire. Hampshire now, yeah. So it's it's the Triple Maduro. So the 
it, it's a Maduro Puro, you can call it. It's all Maduro tobacco, and then it's made to pair with the Blacken, which I haven't had the Blacken yet, so I don't really know how it pairs, but it's a really dark, rich, like, spicy cigar. It's kind of like if you took the, the Undercrown and made it more spicy and then took a little bit of that um, sweetness out of it, um, and that's really it. So that the event, um, we're giving away a... So we have we took a Blacken box... And we have somebody that makes real working electric guitars out of cigar boxes. So the grand prize you can win at the event is going to be the Drew Estate Blackened guitar. Um, there's going to be that's other... Be nice. And there's a bunch of Blackened swag. I mean, everyone that's been to a Drew Estate event knows that they always have really nice event swag. So in addition to the usual Drew Estate swag you can get, we're going to have that guitar for a grand prize. Yep. And they'll be, um, we're bringing black into, into the bar here, the, the whiskey. And so there'll be all sorts of pairings and <clears throat> opportunities to uh, enjoy both together the way it was meant to be. What's the uh, slogan for uh, the black and cigars? Uh, Maduro to the core. Maduro to the core. That Which is, it is so Drew Estate. <laughs> it's Maduro to the core. And Nick Laramie is going to be here for both those events, 26th at Hooksit and the 27th at Londonderry. Um, you'll be very, very sad if you miss out on uh, both of those events. Some good stuff coming on in January, especially when it's, you know, everything's kind of slowed down. Christmas is over. New Year is over. You got time to breathe. You got time to figure out what you want to do. With this. So there's a number of things going on. Smoke that. Uh, four pack of cigars, pipe club, the blackened events. It's gonna be a good month. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a good month of twins. Right, Bree? Oh yeah. Right, right Bree? Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> so what we thought we would do this week, um, you know, is talk about some of the other industry lists of top cigars of twenty twenty two that have come out. And um there are two in particular that I think are at the top of everybody's uh, list. Um, Cigar Aficionado released their top 25 and Cigar yeah. Journal yep. um, also released their top 25 list. I don't think Half Wheel has done so yet. Nope. I went looking. They had Cigar not. Snob did. <clears throat> Cigar Snob did their top 25. Yep. Um, uh, Cigar Coop is he's not finishing it until the 9th. He's got they're releasing like one a day. Yeah, and that's, that's how they yeah. do it. So, you know, I thought we'd talk about each of these, what we thought about them, what we liked, what we didn't, lessons we could learn. Were there any big things that we missed on our own list? Um, frankly, you know, talking in general about uh, um, Cigar Journal and Cigar Aficionado, which are probably the two big cigar magazines out there. Um, cigars and spirits is also big, um, but I don't think it's quite as prevalent as, as the other two. Um, the one thing I noticed about, um, Cigar Aficionado is that most of the cigars on its list were cigars that have been out for some time. Um, and there were a number of Cubans on it as well. Um, looking at the Cigar Journal list to their you know, credit, I think these were all cigars that were new uh, for this year. And it's actually listed as the top new cigars of 2022. 
but what I noticed about this list was I'd never heard of most of these cigars. And, you know, I figure working at Twins, which is one of the largest cigar stores in America, and certainly, you know, in the top one or two in New Hampshire, you would think you'd heard of some of this stuff. But uh, a lot of these things I had not, I didn't even know the brand, let alone the size of the cigars. You see these, Bree? I mean, that, you know, of course, yeah. That, of course. Now you're hitting the But, like, ones. you know, what's what's that, you know? Um, so I'm looking at these lists going, I, I don't quite know what to do with them. Some of these cigars, I think, you know, in the, in the Cigar Journal list are limited to certain places or regions in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, at least one of those cigars I know is you know um it, it it's not limited to a shop but it's 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 a very small distribution for the cigar um so it's like you know it was like learning about all these things that i had not heard of before um and then cigar aficionado all these cigars that i've known for years but i'm wondering what what put these things on the list um on on money on cigar aficionado <laughs> uh, i think the only new cigars on here were the new world dorado from uh, aj fernandez or the rocky patel or, 60 or the rocky patel 60 i don't think anything else on this list actually came out this year nope all the other cigars have been out forever gone there with the also, wind one again there also <laughs> seems to be a lot of churchills in the um cigar aficionado list um let's see one two three four five um six six churchills which seems odd too because that's not a very popular size of a cigar too um anyway and that's neither good nor bad i just i want to know what you guys think what do you guys think of these lists what do you think that there were things that they missed were the things that we missed that were on their list what what do you think of these things so i can open it up i haven't looked at cigar journal yet up until now and i'm actually okay with it um they have a lot of limited releases that i don't think a lot of companies touch because it's not something like you know at the end of the day, there is advertisements and there's some loyalty there. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that that invalidates everything that they're doing. It's definitely not like something that, you know, like you should go out of your way to buy a, a Cuban cigar because mm-hmm. it got number one, right? But looking at Cigar Journal, like what I see is number two was the um, Winston Churchill Limited Edition 2022. I actually had, I have a box of those and i've smoked a couple of them and it's a really 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 good cigar it, again like i mentioned it when we did winston churchill's birthdays episode um it takes the the late hour and the core line and just blends them together so and it's the first time i've done that perfecto it's it's a really really good cigar number one being the padrone 95 right yep, yep mm-hmm. the 95 natural which that, I can totally agree with. Yeah, like I again, I'm not really a big 60 gauge guy. I I smoked the the 95 and I was really impressed with it. I've mm-hmm. bought numerous ones of them, and again, me buying a 60 gauge is pretty rare. Um, <laughs> and and that's a really good cigar. Right 
doesn't really um, like how that feels in it. The Rocky 60s on there. Um, yep. And they did the 6x60. Six mm-hmm. I've had that size once. I don't quite remember it. But I think the Rocky 60s is a really good blend. So seeing that on there too. That's why I agree with Cigar Fishing and Auto's listing. If, if it were me, I would probably put it at 1. Because I've actually had the Cubans that they put it on the on theirs. And they're good, but you know, whatever. So, And, and they you've have a lot had, of you've smaller... You've had the Chapman number 2? Yep. What would you, how how would you on not rating it on this or what whether it should be the what what score would you give it like a one to ten ten being see if I had to score it subjectively again like a lot of Cuban cigars you know like I really enjoy them but it's more of like a co- it, it, you know coffee type thing so mm-hmm. you know as a coffee pairing early in the morning I'd probably give it like a you know an eight eight point five maybe you know mm-hmm. like it's I think H. Upman, when it comes to, like, the current state of Cubans, other than the boutique lines, right? I think H. Upman's the only traditional brand that constantly has been putting out good cigars. So, you know, the fact that the H... If there was another Cohiba that got number one, or just, you know, a Cohiba's on every 25 list with Scott Fishing and Auto. It's somewhere on the list. So seeing that H. Upman was the one that they went with, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um if they're gonna do one that's a Cuban, obviously like I, that would be what I choose. Other than like a Juan Lopez, that, that's more of a boutique Habanos brand that I think is very underrated. And I would actually put it against the H. Upman, but you know that's just me. Mm-hmm. But going back to Cigar Journal, you know they they have Vega Fina. You know that's a brand that we don't carry here, but it it is a really good brand. Mm-hmm. I haven't smoked that specific cigar, but again. I, th- I think Vega Fina might be an Altadis brand, if I remember correctly. I think mm-hmm. Altadis does that. Yes. Um, they have a lot of Aurora in there, you know. So I'm not really upset about their list. And there's one more, yeah, the Oliva 2021 Nub. Mm-hmm. Um, again, <laughs> we didn't get to have the the regular one. We had the box press one because that was in the right. United States. This one was international. Mm-hmm. The Nub one was really good that we got the box pressed. So yes. You know, seeing how that blend was, I'm actually kind of happy that it made the list. Because, again, like a lot of these publishments don't post limited editions because it doesn't right. benefit the manufacturer going to the next year. Right. So if I were to say, like, you know, base your purchasing on a list, Cigar Journal is a green light for me. You know, Pacencia 149, It's we don't have it in stock of Twins, but I've been asked about it almost all year. A lot of people like that cigar. The 20 Acre Farm, which personally I think is a phenomenal blend. Yep. And it doesn't get any recognition. That's on there. I'm happy to see that. You know, it's again like Florida Sun Grown Tobacco is a really tough tobacco to blend, and that's why you know Steve Saka is doing something coming up with it. It's going to be more of an expensive cigar, he said, but you know it, it's a really boutique strain of tobacco, and not a lot of people use it because again, it's 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 really hard to blend. And if you want to look at like a big manufacturer like investing, you know, time and resource into developing this crop, they're not going to do it, right? right. So the fact right. that Drew Estate made a regular production cigar that utilizes not only a true Connecticut wrapper, but also Florida sun-grown tobacco, impressive, right? Like, it's and it's a good cigar. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives you, like, those kind of aspects of a nice Connecticut, nice creaminess, but then gives you, like, nice kind of fuller-bodied, sweet, spicy Florida sun-grown tobacco. So I'm happy to see that there. The um, Davidoff Dominican Toro, I haven't had that Davidoff yet, so I can't speak to it. Mm-hmm. The La Roma Cuba passing on. Again, Cuban Seed Corojo on an Ashton cigar made by my father's factory. It's a good cigar. You it know, is. we had it early days in Twins mm-hmm. this year. We uh, we don't have it in stock currently, but it, it sold really well when it came out. 
Again, it's more of a pricier La Roma Cuba. It's not really, you know, you don't look for that price point of La Roma, but, you know, it, it, it was a good cigar. So, honestly, th this list doesn't upset me. The Americans on there. Um, yep. The Year of the Ox is on there. I've had that. Really good cigar. Again, limited edition. You know, you, you can't get it after 2021, to my knowledge. So, it's, you know, I, I'm happy to see that, that they, you know, it doesn't seem biased to me, right? Well, but, you know what the biggest difference is between this list and the Cigar Aficionado list? What? All of these cigars came out within the last two years. Yeah, so I think Cigar Aficionado, since they... Cigar Aficionado likes, you know, yeah. hey, this is like... I feel like Cigars Aficionado list is like, this is the best cigar of all time. Mm -hmm. It's not like, this is the, the cigar of the year. You know, it's the cigar because they've been voting for you know Gone with the Wind for the upteen billionth time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I understand what you're saying. It's it's it's, uh, it's not. I don't think. I think people really need to understand that with cigar aficionado is that they're not. Am I the only one it's not the though cigar of the year. that on on? Uh... Did you notice that Garofalo had a cigar in there? Yep. Which one was it? Number fifteen. Yeah. Right here. Yeah, the Garofalo right La Familia. Oh, don't tell me I gave that thing a, a 7.5 on another podcast. Mm. <laughs> um, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, again, like on this list, too, like, there are cigars that I feel that are dr desperately missing from this list. Yeah, that, so yeah. looking at Cigar Fishing and Autos, again, like, you know, I. I Cigar aficionados left. I just, I just don't even pay attention. Thing, I don't know who reviews them. I'm not going to completely crap on the list because again, like the H Upman number two. Again, if you're going to give a Cuban cigar, H Upman is going to be it's reliable. And then historically, the number two size is always a highly rated cigar. The Torpedo. Again, you have the Monte Cristo number two that that got number one like what 12 years ago or something like that. And then seeing the Rocky Patel 60 on there as well. And actually, they put the 60 60 on too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the same the same cigar, and that that was one of the few things that are in common between both lists. One on the number two, one was number three. Mm -hmm. You know. So and honestly, when when the sixty came out last year, I talked about it when we had Mike on a couple few weeks ago. It's a really good cigar. You know, it's one of the few cigars again you can get a Padron smoker on, and you know I have no argue nothing wrong of seeing a Rocky. Actually, I would argue that the Rocky sixty should be number one. If they're going to put it that high, because, you know, when it comes to, like, you look at the markets and you look at, like, how many sell and how many people smoke in it, reviews, I, I would say the Rocky 60 is probably more renowned and more highly rated than, you know, the H-Upman number two, but so be it. You know, number three being the Davidoff Nicaragua. That's one of the better Davidoffs I think a lot of people would agree with. Um, So I don't have an issue with that. The Hoya de Montreal that's on there, I haven't had that. Mm-hmm. And Oliva gets on it every every year. You know, this one's a Series V. Typically, it's Milano. They're always going to be there. The Black Market always makes an appearance, it seems like. I don't, I mean. I can't believe it's in the top 10. I, You know, I don't necessarily agree with that. The yeah. Padron that's on there, I actually had before the podcast. I didn't even realize it was on the list. Good cigar, nice Petit Corona. Um, Romeo and Juliet, Churchill and Nicaragua, you know. What and then the past about... two years, the rare pinks have been number 10. I don't understand that. Like, I don't think Fuentes are not putting out anything new, really, for the most part. They're Nicaraguan factories, mm -hmm. you know, finishing up their, uh, you know, assembling it. The sophisticated hooker, like, it's a, 
again, it's like the um, the untold story size. It's a huge Hemingway, essentially, and it's a good cigar. I mean, I haven't had it. I've had the other blends. They're good cigars. I haven't had that form out of it. I, I don't know why the rare pink got on there twice. I don't think it's one of the best Fuentes. I'd rather have a, a Coraline Hemingway, you know, mm-hmm. but you factor in, you know, they pay for marketing. I don't know. Maybe they want the, the new rare pinks out. I, I don't know what, how it goes in. You know, the pledge got on it again at, mm-hmm. at the 11th. The, the pledge got number one last year. I don't know. It got number one two years ago. Last year was the uh, 1964 Torpedo. Um, you know, it's, there's a Cohiba there, Casa Magna, that seems to make it on the list all the time, too. Uh, Cigar Aficionado's list, I definitely, when I looked at it, I was, like, underwhelmed by it. Again, I agree with the Rocky Patel one, but, mm-hmm. uh, it just seems like, I guess to your point, like, Cigar Journal, I like it because it has limited edition cigars, and I can agree with the ratings. They're also recent. Yeah, and the recent, you know, <laughs> well, and I, and I don't know how Cigar Aficionado does theirs, but you know, the um, Cigar Journals are are done blind, just like our Cigar Pack. They come to you with numbers. That's all that's there. That's mm-hmm. all you see. It's it has nothing. In, you you have no idea what you're smoking. I think maybe because they have twelve Cigar Aficionado does twelve magazines a year, and they review tens and tens of cigars per magazine. So I'm guessing they just take the highest rated ones and they just throw them on a list. That's that's basically how they do it. Yeah. So you know they smoke everything, I guess. Like you know, mainly I feel like most of the time they smoke stuff that's been out, right? Like the the, the black market's probably in almost every issue of Scott Aficionado. You know, so it, it's it's not like an exciting list if you're really into mm-hmm. cigars because like you know like. I, you know, I smoked the, the Davidoff Winston Churchill Limited Edition. Great cigar, but then that's not going to be seen on Cigar Aficionado, right? So, I don't know. I think it's all, you know, Half Wheel is another one that people look at because they follow the reviews throughout the year. I'm pretty sure they do the same thing. They take the top cigars that they gave ratings on. You know, like we chose the CRE Signature last year for our top cigar, and that one got tanked on Half Wheel. It was like a 70 rating or something. Yep. So... I don't know, but I haven't seen a Cigar Journal top 25 till now. And mm-hmm. I actually would say, you know, base if you want to base purchasing off anything, that seems pretty... Uh, I would give it a green light. And then seeing the Rocky 60 in both, you know, one, I think most people smoke a Toro. So the fact that they both have, like, not only the same cigar, but the same size, that's a pretty good thing to be told. But a lot of these lists have at least something that's in common. Mm-hmm. So... I need to smoke the sixty sixty again, I guess. Yeah. So. Um. As I'm looking at our lists for what we put on there, I think the only one that is in common with one of these lists is the Pedro nineteen twenty six number ninety five. Mm-hmm. Although I picked the Maduro, and cigar journal picked the natural but other than that like our the lists are completely different like our if if you're looking at cigar journal our choices for best new blend were the the Sakakan, the ozinger the olmec uh claro or maduro i don't care what. i had the 20 acre on there so <clears> kind of similar. 20 yeah. acre on well there was another list that i found that actually had the olmec on it um the rocky patel edge 20th anniversary nobody had that on the list the street tacos 
uh, was on the, yeah, the 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 Carnitas was there was I'm trying to find the list that you I know, found but and the Byron that was on it too. eighteen fifty that didn't make any list either. Um I just find it really amazing that none of our cigar none of our choices, you know, we, well, I can't say none. Very few of our choices made it anywhere on these lists. And why why is that? I feel like it's cuz like with us we kind of just go week by week. So when something new comes out, if it's within the year, we mm -hmm. can just quickly smoke it and be like, yeah, this is it. Like, we don't have to answer to anyone. But, you know, these magazines, I'm sure this is in the works the entire fourth quarter. I'm sure they're putting it together. They, you know, they don't just mm -hmm. put it together last minute after they smoke literally everything they possibly could up until the year ends. So, you know, those cigars, I would probably bet you they're going to be on next year's list. You know, like the Rocky 60 came out last year in the summer and... You know, there were people talking, saying, like, why wasn't that on a list? Everyone thought that was going to be on a list somewhere. And uh, I forget what Rocky got on the list last year. It wasn't any of the new ones. It's escaping me now, but there was a Rocky on the list last year. It was, like, number six. I know the Rocky six got nine two years ago, but I forget which one got it last year. But, you know, and then, like, this year, now the 60s on there, mm -hmm. you know, so... You know, when it comes to the edge, I bet you money it's going to be the edge of the EBS next year. You know, it's that's just how I, I feel like this is done before the end of the year. You no, know? no, I I totally agree. So it, then, it begs the question: Then is is Cuba paying cigar aficionado money to get the number one spot? I think that their only reader. <laughs> well, that you know that that brings up an interesting point too, Dave. You know, twenty twenty years ago. When I started getting into the cigar business, um, Cigar Aficionado was out. It was like the, I, I looked forward the to Bible. that magazine yeah. coming out every every month or two months, whenever it came out. And it was literally an inch, inch and a quarter, inch and a half thick. It was this huge, huge production. And you, you look at them now, all the cigar magazines, they're so thin, mm -hmm. you know. It's almost like People Magazine has more pages going on than, than Cigar Aficionado. And, and you know, I, I think that speaks to the fact that, you know, people are not doing print stuff anymore. Which then begs the question, you know, what's the, how much, how much do these magazines actually impact the industry? Or are they kind of trying to hold on to influence that they had that we've now moved well, on from? I think that's I think that's plainly visible. I mean, look at Cigar Aficionado's list. Let's name a number one cigar that no American can get legally. Yeah, that <laughs> you know of, of all so the it's things like, on it. That's that's so what who's me who's the most. if they're trying to have subscribers, they're. That, that that's telling you their market is not the United States. That plainly, I mean, that's that's what it means to me. It's like you know, um, um, or their market is the elite, mm -hmm. the top five percent of the United States, and screw everybody else. That's you know not going to go to Cuba, you know, that year for a vacation or sends send or for go to boxes you know, of cigars from somewhere where you can get you know on a in a in a time where they just increased the price by 300 percent yeah that's a good point you too. know so i mean what i'm surprised at is like 
today's day, you know, the internet's been around for a while now, you know, mm -hmm. um, the fact that they have no influence on pretty much any social media like YouTube or Twitch or anything like that. Um, uh, you, you know, where, why don't they have like a, a live, you know, showing or a podcast or something like that, that represents the brand. It's like, it's like they're comfortable with just fading into the darkness, mm. you know, um, but their, their list, I think is laughable as far as like, what's like, a, you know, a good cigar and stuff like that. Like this is, this is a list from smokingpipes.com where, um, the street tacos on here. Yep. You know, uh. Eleanor Rose, I've never heard of that one. I've had that. It's actually a very good cigar. And you have the uh, KB Part Two, mm -hmm. um, La Polina. I think that a lot of these are probably smoking pipes, like exclusives or something like that. Yeah, so that's a good sign, huh? Um, Hoya de Nicaragua, They're the Cavalier. Less... Yeah, yeah. You know. I looked the at their warped. list too. Yeah. They they actually had now warped. You know they actually have some collaborations going on yeah. with him and their and some pipe tobaccos on their site. So foundations I'm, Olmec. I'm not yeah. at all surprised. Yeah, the Olmecs on there. On so their a list, list like that, you know, I wouldn't take that list seriously if they have like in their like their own brands represented on it. You know, like well, not their like, own brands, but you know, their, well, stuff their, they sponsor. The, well, yeah, that's the know. stuff they smoke though. You know, so I think it's understandable. Look at if you look at Cigar Aficionado, why do they rate like a seven twenty four and ninety four and then never have it on a list? Well, so, so the thing about like Cigar Aficionado is like, you know, uh, it's 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 money. That's all it is. It's not even just money, but it works. Like you know, I, I guess my kind of opinion of it is it's kind of like your lay person magazine. You know, like when you look at reviews of them whether it's in the magazine or on the you know the only time you see any deaf review of it is if it gets in the top 10 they post mm -hmm. a little, like a 45 second video and the smoke in it and they say you know the history of it and what it is but other than that when you look at the reviews it's very general notes and there's nothing about construct it, it doesn't they don't really get into it you know but it's just a name and a number and people are like oh i should buy that right like even at twins like People come in with a cigar efficient yeah, you know, all the time. And mm -hmm. it's like, so I think when it comes to like their target is that, that it's, it's kind of like the lay person, I guess, is a way to kind of explain, it. which isn't a bad thing. If you want to try it, could have gone on there. I mean, I, I smoked the Rocky 60 this morning because oh, I should revisit this, you know? So it's not a bad thing, but you know, they're not really like trying to really do much with it where like cigar journal just from the nature of how you told me they review it's not banded like that's to me like if i was going to go off of anything it's that right and like you know the smoking pipes if you have collaborations of different cigars and they happen to be on your list yeah, I'm, well, not... I'm sure i'm sure i'm i'm you know tell me that cigar aficionado doesn't have a, a collaboration with habano well, I'm sure they've been. I'm sure everyone that's on there, you know, gets. I'm sure they they pay their dues for it for sure. But it's like, it's just like your, again, like your layman's magazine, right? Like it's, it's it, there's a number and a cigar layman's, by the cigar. Layman's. Like I'm sure, like you know, if anything, they might be like, oh, we need to put like this cigar on the list this year, but then they choose the best one that they, whatever, you know, but. Cigar Pichonos have any collaborations, at least. They're smoking everything. Whether yeah. some people pay more than others, most people don't think that deep into it, right? Like, But 
I mean, you know, l let me let me uh, kind of color what I've said with Cigar Aficionado with a little bit of a nicer. None of the cigars on their list, are, I think, are they're all really good cigars. You know, like you were saying, Dave, at the beginning, you know, these are more like the best cigars of all time kind of a thing. These, you know, these were the cigars that for them that year got the best ratings, supposedly. You know, like you're saying, you know, like a, a couple of years ago, the the 724 original series Lancero got a 93. It was the highest rated Honduran cigar of the year. Didn't make the top 25 list. I wonder why it wasn't there either. And um, to that point on, on Cigar Journal list, there were two Lanceros. I don't know if you saw that as yep. I was scrolling yeah, down. Two I thought that was interesting where there were no Lanceros on the the Cigar Aficionado list. I think, Pat, you bring up a good point that Cigar Aficionado was kind of like the everyman, you know, the, the kind of entry-level consumer, you know, magazine to try and find out what, what's good and if they're trying to introduce you to a bunch of established brands and names you can't really go wrong with anything on their list except for the fact that 20 percent of it is cuban and you can't get it in the united states but other than that i mean most of what was on their list with the possible exception of uh one or two <laughs> um i can't tell you what they are but they <laughs> their initials are alec bradley i i can't I, I wouldn't I think that that should be in a top 25. Not that it's not a good cigar. I just wouldn't put it in a top 25. Um, but I think I think it's a decent list of cigars on the whole. It kind of seems like the same way that, like, you know, you if you were to say, like, best, like, the best bourbons of mm -hmm. this year, and you put, like, Pappy Van Winkle, Blatt, like, Blanton's, Willet, all these great, you know, standard bourbons that people look for, whether mm -hmm. they're very informed about bourbon or not, but it's like, are they accessible? Eh, they're yeah. good, but not everyone's able to, you know. Well, that's the thing, them. too, is, like, who's reviewing these cigars, you know, like, you know, here... When we do, I mean, we don't give numbered ratings. We kind of give a thumbs up, thumbs down thing. We don't insult the cigar, but if you don't like it, we're going to, you know, you're going to be able to tell. Like, you mm -hmm. know, Dave likes eating, Tacos. you know, <laughs> Nutella and crackers, right? He loves that stuff. So he might like a Maduro <laughs> what? cigar. You know, I like no. what I like. Dan likes what he likes. You Banana know, so. bread. So like, you know, like I might say something. There's nothing wrong with banana bread. I might say something that I like and how I like it. And then Dave might say, Pat's wrong, this is what I think. And then some people might, who have Dave's palate, be like, all right, I'm going to listen to Dave, you know? And then if they have Dan's palate, they might be like, all right, because like, go to the pipe section. You're not going to listen to me about pipes. They're going to listen to Dan, right? But you can see the reviewers and you know our taste, right? But when you do Cigar Aficionado, at least on Half Wheel, they say who's reviewing it, whether it's Charlie, Patrick, right? So you right, know who yeah. it is, and if you follow their reviews, you kind of get what their palate is, right? But on Aficionado, you don't know who's actually reviewing it. You don't know how many people well, review it. Because they're they're aficionados. Like, like the, the, <laughs> there's not one guy or two guys like Half Wheel, three I guess, but that are reviewing like thirty something cigars a month, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're not doing it. So who's reviewing it? Like, where's the number coming from? Like, that's my issue with Scott Fishing and Auto. That's why I say it's like a layman because you just give a number to it because, oh, a number, and then they buy it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, you, you don't know who the reviewer even is. And they might, like, just, they, they might love mild cigars and they're not a full-bodied cigar smoker. They might reflect with the, I don't know, like, but 
And then you don't often see low-rated cigars on that magazine either. I, I've, I don't think I've seen anything in the low 80s to under an 80 in my life on Cigar Aficionado. Under an 80, I don't think I've seen very often. Um, but if if you're not at least an 80, 85, which by 100-point rating would give you a solid B, you suck. You know, so, you know, in reality, their rating system is 15 points, right? Mm-hmm. 85 to 100 is 15 points. And if... I can count on one hand the number of cigars that have gotten above a 96. So maybe you're talking about an 11-point rating. Yeah, because, like, I, I just... When it comes to, like, looking at bias, you want to see, like, at least on Half Wheel... Like, you know, we, we were kind of crapping on Charlie for the signature last year. Mm-hmm. At least the guy gave a bad rating, right? Even though we don't agree with it, like, he's able to give bad ratings. So at least if you like his palate and you look at what he says if he says it's bad and you think you have his palate it's probably bad for you you know what i mean but like at least he's willing to do that mm-hmm. where on these other publishments you don't see bad rating cigars you know like i've smoked cigars that some people think i mean i'll even name drop it the illusion bowl lfd guys love it this guy over here loves it i smoke it and i don't know what the hype's about i really don't it's not mm-hmm. a bad cigar i don't throw it out but it, it's, it's just not, not for you it's not for me at all but you that, know? that's one of the reasons i you know when we started doing the podcast i didn't want to do like a numbered rating thing because i i, I think that gives a false impression like mm-hmm. if if a taste really if a really good cigar the review should be gets gets like an 89 mm-hmm. and then you have another cigar on the page that got a 90 you know what are you going to do you're going to go look for the 90 you're never going to look for the 89 but they they both may be very great cigars for you the 89 you may even like better but because it got an 89 you're never going to pick it up and god help you if it got an 86 you know um but i i've, I've seen that happen too i've seen cigars on these lists that i would say wow i would never give a cigar a rating that low you know how is that possible? And on the other hand, I've I've looked at cigars, some of which are on this list. I I can't even believe that you would give that a, a ninety or a ninety two or a ninety three. You know, but it, it it's subjective, and so I think it's it's more helpful to the consumer to talk about palate than it is to try and rate the cigar, because I think to to your point, Pat, you know, really what you need to do is find somebody on a podcast or on a uh, review board that has a palette similar to yours and then look for that. I mean, would it, would that be the same with bourbon and, and stuff like that too? I would say so. I mean, I think it's again, like going back to like, you know, like what's subjective, you know, mm-hmm. you can be capable of looking at a list and saying, okay, I acknowledge that if we're looking at the population, the majority of like bourbon drinkers, they're looking for A, B, and C, and these are hands down, like, the finest, most rare, most coveted bourbons, but then you can also acknowledge that that might not be your quote-unquote underrated bourbon. Like, you know, I feel like if someone's like, oh, this is, like, the most underrated cigar, underrated bourbon, it means that it might not have made a top list, but for their palate personally, it's one of their favorites. I have, like, an example of, like, the bourbon and spirits. Like, who was it? The the Jack Daniels 10-year or 10-year? What was it? Like, it was some... 
the not the Koi Hill, right? No, it wasn't the Koi. It was like Jack Daniels ten something. And I remember like I think it was just ten there, yeah. People were crapping on it, and then it got like I think number one or highly rated in this magazine. I don't know anything about spirits when it comes to that stuff, but then people would be coming in here when I was bartending and asking me for that bottle. And we didn't have any more of it, and everyone's like, "We you can't." It's like it's like it's a it's a bunch of money to buy the thing out because mm-hmm. this magazine gave it, but no one really cared about it before it, you know. And mm-hmm. and I think like if you have a Chapman number two, is like you probably sell them for a lot of money right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it just seems like these cigars might be insignificant before it gets these ratings, you know. And yeah. and since it's in this case with Fish and Autos limited. I'm not going to say limited production, but limited accessibility, like, it just drives it up, which in a lot of spirits, like, a lot, of, you know, some Coraline stuff makes it, you can just kind of get everywhere, but then, like, you know, something that's limited production comes out, and then all of a sudden it just spikes the price up, and everyone wants it, even though they've had it before, and it wasn't great, but now that it has this rating you want, whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's just, like, those arbitrary numbered ratings i guess like i i want some explanation as to why it got the rating it did mm-hmm. to see if it's really worth my time smoking like you know like you, you watch the h upman video that they put it doesn't really tell you much about it i mean they tell you the history no. of the cigar and everything he says like you know fine cigar he's sitting you know lounging back by an ashtray like smoking it but like why like why should i put the effort to get the cigar like right what why you know it, it and then even like like the rocky i agree with 100 percent. Right. but even on the video like why should i get that cigar other than just this numbered rating you know and, and they don't do that so and that's why i don't necessarily agree with half wheels palettes all the time no, but at, at least you can follow through their review and see where something might have happened to where they give it a bad rating right you know, and you can at least agree or disagree with it. And then if you disagree with it, okay, the rating doesn't matter. But if you agree with it, okay, maybe you take the rating seriously. Like, I, I like being able to follow someone's review to make my own decision based on their experience. You want to see the logic behind the rating. Which, yeah. like, which yeah. what we do here, like, we don't give it a rating, but, you know, if we say good, whatever, we, we do, like, the beginning impressions, we talk about it in the middle sometimes, and we do any impressions, you know, was it, is it good, is it bad? If it's bad, we'll say it. We're not going to completely crap on a cigar, because, again, like, subjective, but, you know, we kind of will tell you, and you can watch us smoking it, you can, for the most part, see the burn, like, if we're taking lighters out and touching it up and everything, like, you can at least... Yeah, we can't lie to you that way. I mean, now, that said, that's a great segue here. The, the construction on these has really been on point, right? Your ash is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen people touching things up, relighting. Nope. Um, how are you guys liking the cigar? We're we're back, almost. In the, I'm in the final third. Mm-hmm. Dave looks like he's just starting. Pat's edging up on the final third, and Bree's sucking down that thing like it's mm-hmm. you know the best thing since sliced bread. I haven't seen you smoke for that far down on a cigar <laughs> on the like show ever. That's really awesome. And so yeah, you really, what what are your thoughts? How do you, it kind of surprised me a little. Bearing, I mean, what do you think? I've had normally Kristoff is not really in my palate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've always had like a mediocre experience. Um, and I guess I was expecting um, like maybe this to kind of fade into something very like earth and pepper forward, mm-hmm. and it's mellowed out very nicely i'm getting like more cedar that chocolate note is just mm-hmm. getting stronger and stronger 
Um, like the aroma itself is also something I look at. Like it's just nice when the room note of the cigar isn't harsh. Mm -hmm. And I think that this has that very like smooth, sweet room note. Um, so I, I, it's very enjoyable. Did I guess I I don't want to say I didn't expect it to be so enjoyable, but um, I'm impressed. They mm -hmm. did twins good with this one. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, usually, you know, Kristoff's give you a mouthful of dirt. So if you don't like an earthy cigar, usually that's not where you're going. But the yeah, this the the format of the San Andreas is just amazing. Yeah. How do you think you did with your pairing? So, I would say. Um, like, as it's going on, I think that the, the sweetness from the cigar is bringing out a lot of the sweetness in the drink. Yes. I think the only thing I would change would be I might um do, like, a little bit less of the brown sugar simple. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a little, like, i probably still keep the two ounces of bourbon. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a touch more cold brew, and it is interesting how the ice is kind of changing it. Yeah. Uh, typically, you drink nitro cold brew straight up, mm -hmm. and you know you could even argue that it might be a little too potent if you um, just had it straight up, but it'd be interesting to kind of experiment with um, the coffee to bourbon ratio, ice mm. versus no ice. Um, so overall, I do think that, um, the additives, you know, the bitters, the Amaro, the Ancho Rays, which is that like tiny bit of spice mm -hmm. with, um, the high proof bourbon was a, a good call, um, especially with the cold brew. I think it would just more so be playing with kind of, um, the ratios and the coffee and the ice and yeah. So I'm mm. curious to see what you guys think. Well, Pat really liked it. Yeah. It the first time ever he's finished a drink. That's not true. Um, Nate, feel maybe, free to maybe, maybe the second. <laughs> I've been finishing drinks all what, the time. No. What, it's winter. Not on, he not on he finishes show. drinks in winter. So what, what? what's your thoughts, Pat, on the cigar and the pairing? So the pairing was really good. And then the cigar, like, I've noticed I had the um, Kristoff A58 Woodlawn mm -hmm. um, like a year ago. And, and it's like the Perfecto. I know they did a TAA this year or PCA that had the, you know, Toro box press. But the thing that I appreciate about Kristoff is, like, they make Perfectos, and they don't try to get sexy with it. You know, it's, it's like, a nice kind of boxy Perfecto, and, like, it's not, like, the sexiest Perfecto, but it, it, it gets the job done, and, like, they ensure very good construction with it. Like, I again, like, every Kristoff Perfecto I've smoked has been an open draw, mm. you know, and... Yep. You look at companies you compete with, like La Florida Americana, like Fuente, who are known for their Perfectos and their rollers... And, you know, like the Hemingway has like that really, you know, pretentious kind of nipple foot and then it's tapered off. And like that, that, that you know, that kind of a, and it's very bell shaped, you know, mm -hmm. and Kristoff keeps it with it, it. It's not that bell shaped. It's more of a regular cigar. It's like an tapered Elmer Fudd shaped cigar. Yeah. And <laughs> again, like, you know, some people might crap on it and say it's not really a Perfecto. It's not like a sexy Perfecto, but it, it gets the job done. You know, it has a narrow foot. It it ex the the gauge extends when you're smoking it and it, it's it's a really good cigar like I haven't had a usually I think every perfecto I've smoked has been my favorite expression of the blend and again like with the the, the box press San Andreas that we got in the shop for the TAA that did so well here mm -hmm. I honestly when this came in and I saw that it wasn't a closed foot and that it it wasn't that cigar I'm like you know I don't think it's gonna be better you know and then you smoke it and you're like oh it is better. And it's, it's just, it's impressive how they have, like, they, they, they the perfect, I, I like the size, I guess, is, is to kind of make it brief, like, it, it's a very good size, and 
Kristoff's doing great stuff. Again, like we talked on the last uh, two shows ago. You know, like they're getting too big to be small, too small to be big. And, you know, if they just got, you know, more production, I, I think they can become like, you know, compete with legacy brands. I know they did the, um, the Cameroon Perfecto, like kind of the short story kind mm -hmm. of a stab at Fuente. Not the best Perfecto, I'm not going to lie to you, but it was a really good Cameroon cigar. It wasn't quite a Hemingway to me, but it was good. So, you know, every time Chris saw it, and then I had the, uh, the guardrail. Mm -hmm. That is really good. That was cigar. really good. That is yeah. really good. And I, I forget what region tobacco they have in the filler that they were talking about. Um, but, the, the, you know, Kristoff just continues to put out really good stuff. Their TAAs every year have been completely knocked out of the park. I would say that each TAA that they've done in the past three years of me smoking have been my favorite TAA. So every time they put something new out, it's always a good cigar. Mm -hmm. Dave? Um. Well, Pat really just took the words out of my mouth. I really loved it. Uh, I think it's, I think this is, uh, you know, my favorite cigar that they make is the Vengeance Perfecto. Mm -hmm. And this is, I'm not, I'm quite, they're like dead even right now, but I think mm -hmm. I'm going to end up liking this more than the, than the Vengeance Perfecto. This is just a, the, the San Andreas in a Perfecto format. It's fantastic. Yeah, they really, they really did a good job. And I, this. I enjoyed the pairing very much. Uh, to me, this is this is one of my favorite pairings that we've had recently. I think the sweetness and the spice of the drink brought out the sweetness and the spice of the cigar. There's, they both played with each other immensely well. It was really, really good. Good job, Reed. Good job, Reed. I tried. Yes. You tried and you succeeded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's basically our show for tonight. Next week, we really are going to talk about what our favorites are for, for reals. <laughs> the uh, cigars of the year in each of those categories we talked about. Uh, best line extension, best limited edition cigar, the best value cigar of the year, and best new blend. And all of our choices are going to be based off of um, cigars that came out in 2022 and um, cigars that we got here at Twins. Mm -hmm. You obviously can't talk about what you don't know. Um, but, um, and we'll also be revealing what were those four cigars in the, uh, consumer choice pack that we have. And we'll talk about which one actually won, uh, by vote of the consumers uh, as the favorite in the humidor right now. And that'll be next week, the 10th at eight o'clock right here on YouTube, Facebook, we hope you're with us. You won't want to miss it. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is not just blowing smoke. Rolling with the top down smoke.